0: Welcome everyone to the Sister Stories Podcast. Uh, The aim of this podcast is to marvel at God's sovereignty over each of our lives as women and to encourage one another by sharing our stories. Uh, My name is Sophie and today I'm joined by Shalini. Hi Sophie. (laughs) Hi Shalini. Um, So first of all, can you tell us who you are? Right,
1: um, well, I'm Shalini and um, I'm married to Claude and we have three children Uh, We have been um, living in this country ever since Claude was transferred here uh, by the bank he worked for. And, um, you know, uh, we just love being at Cornerstone. Great. Um,
0: Where are you from originally? I'm from India. Uh, Claude is too, yes. Yes. Okay, nice. Um, Great. Um, So we're going to talk about um, your journey with Christ uh, throughout your life. And um, so we're going to start with uh, your family background and your upbringing. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, sure.
1: I was um, born into a Christian family. Um, My father was a fighter pilot in the Indian Air Force. So we usually lived in very, rural distant locations somewhere close to the border never always easy to find a church <laughs> in those locations mm. so but uh, you know even there the Lord has his hand on us. Mm. Yeah that's right so was that that was in India wasn't That it? was yeah. in India yes yeah. I you know I was later on sent to boarding school in the south of India a, a very Christian school which I'm thankful for yeah. but then
0: I came back for university to the north of India Mm-hmm. Great. So did you did your family find a church uh, to attend or was that tricky sometimes? So often, uh, because the Christian community was
1: so small there, uh, it would be more of a room where people, believers met to mm-hmm. pray in the local language. And once a month, a pastor from uh, another church city or village would come Mm -hmm. and then we'd have a service but usually most of the Sunday meetings were almost just like prayer meetings Mm. Um, you know it's important to remember that in India the face of Christianity is Roman Catholicism and uh, Protestant communities actually the minority of the minorities Mm. so never easy to find a Protestant church particularly in small villages mm. or close to the border. The churches tend to be in the bigger cities and in the, in the, in the towns.
0: Yes. So were your parents Protestants? Yes. Um, so how, how did they uh, become Christians in a sense? Not that yeah. you give us the whole story, but just <laughs> generally. <laughs> I guess. Well, I suppose initially
1: through the work of the Apostle Thomas, mm, who okay. came to India. But then on my father's side, uh, we were they were converted four generations ago through the work of an American missionary.
0: Mm. All right. Okay. Um, So how did you first hear the gospel? Was it just through your parents or were there other people around you that uh, taught you about the gospel? I
1: first heard the gospel from my mother, Mm. who was my first Sunday school teacher. And, you know, obviously my teacher at home as well. Um, she used to uh, teach me when we were very little. It would be initially hymns or little little songs that you teach children, and it was through the theology of those children's songs that I began to develop an understanding. You know, wide wide as the ocean, high as the heavens above, deep deep as the ocean sea is my Savior's love, and that's how I knew that my Savior loved me. Um, and my only idea of a savior really was jesus i didn't I couldn't explain it any other way, but then later on, through my mother's teaching, well every night she would read us stories from the bible and one particular night um, you know she read um, i think it was from john twenty twenty nine where she was telling us the story of the apostle thomas, and she said uh, when jesus said Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. He was talking about people like me. Ah, oh, that's great. Yeah, and that was what first got me uh, very engaged in studying and reading the Bible because Jesus was talking about people like me.
0: Yeah. How old were you at the time? I was seven. Right, okay. Um, so how, how have you then grown to understand things better From the gospel, how how has that developed over the years? Well, because I was born into a Christian family and raised um,
1: as a Christian um, in that time and that era, Mm. the only way people like me actually can point to an understanding of the gospel is through a process and not through a one time event. Yes, Mm. so I would say it would really be through the work of the Holy Spirit who would illuminate and enlighten my mind over the years, but always through
0: his word. Yes. Mm -hmm. Would you read the word as a family usually or on your own? So we tended to read with my mother uh, and as
1: a family only on Sundays. And uh, we started reading it on our own as well at that time. The only uh, Bible that was available to us was the
0: KJV. Mm-hmm. So often when I'm asked to quote, it comes out in KJV. <laughs> Which makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting how all these songs and stories from the Bible just stuck in your mind as well and, and really formed your your understanding of God and, and of Jesus and his his salvation, really. Um, right, so um, what did you get on to do later on in your education or, or Further in your life? So after I finished school and I attended university I joined um,
1: I was recruited by a British bank in India Mm. where I joined in their merchant banking division Mm -hmm. just to work work there yeah. Uh it was there that I met Claude. I was going to ask
0: actually. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um so and then that brought you then to the UK as you said with Claude's job. Yes. Um uh, you know after we were married and I was expecting my eldest
1: child, my first daughter, we were transferred to Dubai and that was just um the start of us moving. Um, from country to country, wherever Claude's job took us.
0: Mm, okay, so how long were you in Dubai for?
1: <clears throat>
0: we had sort of three post- postings there, so about nine years. Mm, okay, great. Initially, <laughs> yeah. How how did you find? Um, well, actually, sorry. Did did you find a church there? How did you get stuck in? I did find a church there. There is a church there. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's it's a. There was one Catholic
1: church and one Protestant church in those days. Mm-hmm. There are many now, but all different produ- Protestant denominations would share the premises of the Protestant church. See, yes. And the Roman Catholic church had a very big um, church of its own with with
0: grounds. And mm-hmm. we were sort of very close to each other. Yeah, okay. Um, how would you say... Uh, I mean, I guess getting married and, and growing up, how, how did that strengthen your relationship with God and brought you closer to him? Well, for one thing, I had very
1: limited knowledge of Roman Catholicism. Mm. So it was actually an opportunity for me to learn about Catholicism, uh, something I knew nothing about. I would grown up in a very sheltered life. Uh, in a Christian boarding school, in a Christian family. Um, Our family usually lived on these, as I I mentioned, these remote Indian Air Force air bases. Mm -hmm. Um, Never experienced any uh, persecution as such because of that. But I didn't know much about Catholicism, and it was only through my marriage that I began to learn about it. And I was able to challenge my husband. Mm -hmm on this because he was very determined that the children should be raised Roman Catholic but you know ultimately the children are raised by their mother
0: mm-hmm. yes.
1: so I was the one who raised them um, and you know they still recall that and they remember that they were raised by a Protestant mother
0: <laughs> yes so um, yeah I remember hearing Claude's testimony actually and, and him turning from Catholic, Catholic, Catholicism I'm sorry <laughs> Um yeah, okay, so how how did that play out in Dubai as well? Were you attending a Catholic church or a Protestant church? or So both. Both of them, yeah, So I okay. was attending
1: both, right. but uh, Claude was only attending a Roman Catholic church and the children were only attending the
0: Roman Catholic church. Mm-hmm, right. What what changed his, well, I don't know if we can say change his mind or what brought him to faith really? Um. So it would really be, once again, the work of the Holy Spirit, yes. mm-hmm. you know, um,
1: challenging him through his son, through his wife. Mm-hmm. And it took many years. And though he initially agreed intellectually, it was very hard for him to make that uh, verbal assent because of the social pressures mm. um, that the Catholic community had. Uh, you know, he would he was concerned that he might um, experience some degree of ostracism. Mm, I but um, I think... Uh, you know, the Lord had uh, um, plans for him. He was doing a work in his life and, you know, he moved Claude to Abu Dhabi alone. You know, um, I and the children had to stay on here because my elder daughter was just about to enter university and my son was taking his international baccalaureate at that time. So we didn't want to move. Mm -hmm. But it was removing Claude to Abu Dhabi, which gave him an opportunity to... Um, for the Lord to bring him into the Evangelical Church over there and for him, mm-hmm. and they did an amazing job of discipling him and welcoming him
0: in. Yes, okay. Oh, that's really interesting. So were you still in Dubai and he was in Abu Dhabi? Oh, no, happened? I
1: was in London oh, right, okay, at the so. time and Claude was in Abu Dhabi. And this, you know, between Dubai and Abu Dhabi, they're about 15, 20 years. I see, okay, <coughs> so much
0: later. <coughs> right, okay. Um, great, so... Um, if we kind of take things chronologically, I guess. So you were so you were in Dubai for a few years, then came to the UK. Is no,
1: we what? went Zimbabwe before oh, that. Right.
0: <laughs> okay, so you've you've gone around quite a quite lot. Quite a bit,
1: yes. What, what brought you to Zimbabwe? Again, the bank transferred okay. us. Uh, Claude was the Middle East and uh, Africa mm. head for treasury functions. So, and it was based in Zim. So, yeah. a wonderful country, and we had a wonderful uh, time there. Right. And that is when Claude went. Uh, then we, no, Claude brought us back to London. <laughs> we, he was brought back to London and uh, it was about seven years after being in London that
0: he went to Abu Dhabi. Oh, okay. Right. So quite a few years later of, of just, um, were you still both attending separate churches then? Or so I would go with him the to the Catholic Church yeah.
1: quite often, which was actually a great learning experience for mm-hmm. me. It was only through sitting there and listening to what was being said that I could, make my challenges yes so the course, lord yeah. uses everything redemptively <laughs> <laughs> even you know your uh, tortured sitting through uh, things that you that are to you completely apostate mm. he's teaching you something yeah. he's teaching you to feel great um, pity and sadness and love for the people who are sitting there and not who are there faithfully there yeah. but not hearing
0: the truth yeah, and maybe not questioning as well. There, there was never hearing. a
1: question of questioning anyone in the Roman Catholic Church. Yes.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah. So how how would you um, in this time? What what were your conversations with Claude like in terms of questioning his thinking or um, yeah? I don't know. What was it like? Yeah. So I could question everything
1: based on a biblical mm. assumption. I could point out that when a Roman Catholic priest stood at the top of the altar and declared that the assumption of the Virgin Mary was a fact established in the Bible, I could challenge him and ask him to show me. Yes. Mm. Even if it was the Roman Catholic Bible, which is slightly different to the Protestant Bible, I would... Mm. be very interested
0: yes mm-hmm.
1: but it was that's just one example of
0: what um, of how I could make these challenges yeah and I guess bringing it back to to the Bible and to the Gospel is very important isn't it absolutely to through to, truth filled scriptures exactly yeah Oh, that's great. That's really interesting. How how was his response? Was he open to these conversations or was that difficult sometimes?
1: So initially he was not really open to it because he couldn't make a defense. Mm-hmm. Then he began to become uh, embarrassed by it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, you know, the, the Lord working in his heart, he began to question it himself. Mm-hmm. And that
0: was the point where the rubber met the road. Yes, I see. That's really interesting, isn't it? And it could take... It can take quite a long time in some, in some cases, I'm sure. Uh, And in this, in his life as well. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Um, so obviously you're, you're now in the UK and you've joined Cornerstone, um, a few years ago now, I think. Yes, uh, four years now. Right. Oh, great. Um, so how, I wonder, because you've been through, you've been living in quite a few different countries. I wonder how, um what differences you've noticed maybe in the way people uh, worshipped or lived is there anything noticeable that you would say in that well obviously yes you know i was quite um
1: every country has their own culture and course, their own yeah. way of worshipping but if you if you stay within a christian culture
0: mm.
1: it's pretty similar
0: Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? So you have
1: that common ground. Mm,
0: Yeah. So um, I assume when you came to Cornerstone, it felt like home, essentially, or... or Yes, absolutely. So
1: I had never been a member of a non-liturgical church, for Mm. want of a better description, before. Um, But uh, I I just felt that
0: this would be our home, and it is. Yeah, that's great. How did you hear about Cornerstone in the first place? So when we were living
1: in Putney, all our children had left us, you know, for work and jobs and university and things like that. And Claude and I were rattling around in this five bedroom house and I had recovered from a very serious spinal injury. So it was not easy for us to manage living there. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to downsize to something smaller, three bedrooms. And as we were looking for places to where we would seek um, our next home, Mm -hmm we were actually looking at churches first in the area because we wanted to have a church that was um, <clears throat> close to us. Yes, And uh, we can all look at churches on a website and um, make our assumptions. Yes. And I do that quite often uh, as part of my role in BSF. But um, I actually asked my son, who at the time was an ordinant in the church of england mm. and he said to me he said mummy i know you and this will be the church for you
0: <laughs> constan you mean yeah oh that's great that's really nice um great uh, so you mentioned bsf can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how you're involved in that ministry so bible study fellowship is a parachurch organization which
1: focuses 100% and only on the in-depth study of the bible mm. We take um, a book and we would probably take over a year to study it, 30 lessons over a year um, going in-depth into it. Mm. Um, I remember joining Bible Study Fellowship. I'd never heard of it uh, after the spinal injury that I had Mm -hmm. when I was in so much pain. And my mother said to me, you know, there's this new Bible study. Uh, that's just recently opened in Sikandrabad which is a city that she lived in in India Mm. and she said I think this will be perfect for you Mm. because she could see that I needed to take my mind and thoughts off my physical pain Um, and I said to her I've never heard of this and I'm so you know in tune with what's happening here (laughs) in London in especially in the Christian world and she said oh look for it this is London This." bound to be one Mm -hmm. and I went online and I found uh, that they had not one but two classes in in London so I emailed them and they welcomed me in there and you know it was just a wonderful experience for me I went there limping in pain with um, I could barely walk because I just recovered from this surgery and you know they prayed with me for me over me and it was just wonderful I was able to not just Um, approach the study of god intellectually but also spiritually
0: yeah and add it to my spiritual disciplines Mm. oh that's great i i find it amazing how from when you were a small child you were you had already quite a deep christian influence in your life through your mom and and how that's carried on through the years and and even when you might think Oh, you know, I've I've read the Bible's multi, uh, the Bible multiple times, and I know it really, really well. The Lord brought something yet different into your life, and and deepened that that relationship with Him and that understanding. That's that's amazing. It is, and I'm very thankful for it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and and um, so you're you're not involved in this ministry. What what exactly do you do um, through that ministry? So, um, I spent a. L- you know, the last 10 years, basically uh, serving
1: in mm. Bible study fellowship in many different capacities. Yes. And now I uh, look after Bible study has areas. So I look after the area of the UK, the southern UK, Ireland, Northern Ireland. I look after the classes there, the opening The spiritual development, I invest a lot of um, time in the spiritual development of my leaders as well. Mm -hmm. We look for leaders, we look for uh, host churches that welcome us Mm -hmm. to partner with us and share with us the study of the gospel and there are so many churches who open their arms and welcome BSF in.
0: Mm, that's great and that is done all online I assume through no it's, uh, we, we we have both online and in person right, okay. the online became much stronger post
1: pandemic during the pandemic yes. and post pandemic time mm-hmm. but uh we um we have in-person classes as well mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people who
0: want to be there for uh the christian fellowship as well yes mm. Oh, great. Would that be linked uh, necessarily to a church or could that be in someone's house or in different locations?
1: It could be in someone's house, but we need to ascertain uh, yeah. and make sure all the safety standards are in place. Mm, but we prefer to have them in churches. Yeah. Mm. Okay.
0: Oh, that's great. And I'm sure that helps the churches as well to bring people together and, and maybe people who haven't heard the gospel before and could be used as an evangelistic tool as well. Um, so I think you're you're reaching a lot of nations through this ministry, aren't you? Um, yeah. So have you been working purely in the UK or, ha- or you said Ireland as well, but um, have you been doing other roles with other countries as well? I was
1: initially when I was just doing the online segment, mm-hmm. I was reaching uh, people literally around the world. Yeah. Uh, I had a group of leaders whom mm-hmm. I used to train who were based in Papua New Guinea. Oh wow! And they woke up at four every morning to join my leaders' meeting, which was seven o'clock in the evening u k time and I was so humbled by that because there they were mm. ready, prepared for this meeting at four a m in Papua New Guinea that's, because that's they wanted amazing. to serve the community there and it's very humbling when you see um how much people are willing to give up because they they share the vision of b s f mm. you know uh, I am not a gifted evangelist. And probably in all the many conversations I've had with people over the years, challenging them, I don't know how many people have actually come to faith in Christ. Because of that, I can think of just two or three. But if I could bring people into face-to-face with the Word of God, uh, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will do that work for me. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, and it's amazing to know that we can trust God with our little yes. efforts, um, and He will He will do great things, won't He? Absolutely, just go yeah. there, Lord. I don't even have
1: two loaves; I just have crumbs. Will you
0: accept them? Mm, yeah. Oh, that's very encouraging. Um, so, I wonder, in terms of um, looking back at the last couple of years, if um, what lessons God has taught you uh, through maybe leading. Um, through that ministry or or other things in your life? Just
1: so much that sometimes, without my notebook, I can't even remember it all. (laughs) (laughs) But there's always something amazing from each study, from each lesson. You know, I love the doctrines that the Bible teaches. Um, I love the way um, God uses ordinary people to teach us so much. The way even disobedient Israel and their disobedient kings, he loved them to the end. Um, I love the doctrine of the sovereignty of God. It would probably be my favorite doctrine. You know, you started out by mentioning that in your opening. Um, And yes, that's one of my favorite doctrines because it's because of that, that I can forgive. I can walk, I can stand because I trust everything to an unseen God,
0: but who holds creation, the future, the past in his hands. Yes, that's right. And even through a pandemic and so many uh, different things that happened in the last few years. He's oh, the been doing pandemic.
1: That. The Lord went before us in the pandemic <laughs> because he had established the online BSF uh, mm-hmm. two years before the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit, our classes just moved seamlessly online.
0: Oh, that's great. Because we had trained online leaders so they could just move in that's that's great, isn't it and his provision is always amazing yeah um and I guess to finish if if you had to give advice to younger Christians now what what would you say to them well <laughs> there's a lot of things i'm sure
1: I'm just trying to <laughs> narrow them down, but I would encourage them to just um a- adopt an intellectual approach to the study of God's word Mm. and you know the Holy Spirit will simply ignite the word for them transform their thoughts Mm -hmm. change their appetites and direct them in the way that the spirit blows and they will see these wondrous things happen in their life and they will see you know ordinary simple people like me who came to study English quite late in life through her own uh, choice and desire uh, working to serve him
0: mm, yeah I think that's sometimes it's very simple is I mean actually sorry it is very simple and the gospel is simple and we just have to go back to to that really and um, hold on to that and know and trust that he is at work in everything, yeah. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you very much for sharing your story with us, Shalini. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> it was been a pleasure. Um yeah, thanks everyone for listening to today's episode of Sister Stories. Um, that's all for today's episode. But um, join us again next